can't think of anything better in the month of July than cookouts and Shark Week. How many of you watched Shark Week this past week? All right, because of Shark Week, I will never, you'll never see me doing what was happening in that video in that last song. I will not be surfing. Um, you know, uh, recently this past week, Colin got a picture from his brother-in-law in North Carolina, and a friend of his was, uh, son was out in North Carolina, and he, uh, Shark Week, um, they were behind him. So, yes, you will not see me in the ocean anytime soon. Um, but, hey, we're not here about Shark Week. We're here about a cookout. And you're probably wondering, how in the world or what does a cookout have to do with being at church this morning? Well, you stick, stay tuned, and um, after the service, you'll see. But there's more to it than that. There's, you know, with, with all the best plans, with all the best cookouts and everything that, that happened and that we have with family gatherings, they all come because of preparation. You know, there's a preparation process to planning a, a good cookout. Just like with that, there's preparation for us to living out our life with God. And we need to have some certain things to make a successful cookout as well as a successful life with God. You know, so over the next month, we're going to be kind of talking about the cookout, the preparation, the things that take place during the cookout. Today, we'll be talking about the equipment that's needed for a proper cookout and how that equates to our life with God, as well as next week, my personal favorite is about the seasoning, that secret seasoning of how to, how to properly season that, that, uh, that, oh man, can't you just love when you go outside and you smell that meat cooking in the air? There's not, oh man, it's just like, mmm. I mean, for you vegetarians, I, I don't know if you smell... Um, the zucchini on the grill or not, but I mean, there's something, there's something great about a burger on a grill. And, uh, but, you know, so we're talking about the seasoning and how we can be the seasoning in somebody else's life um, next week. And then in the third week, well, you know, there's some of us that are at the grill and we're really impatient and we've flipped that burger one too many times or, or you know, to, and overcook it or, or that, but um, there's a proper cooking time for everything and there's a proper cooking time for our lives and the seasons of our lives and that's God's timing, not being dependent on our timing. And then we'll wrap up the series with those wonderful side dishes that we get to all enjoy while we're at a cookout. And my personal favorite happens to be fruit salad. So we'll talk about the spirits of the fruit, the fruit of the spirit. Um, not, I got that backwards, but I'm just thinking food. Um, you know, and so we'll talk about the fruits of the spirit and how that all, and all preparation and all those things equate to a great cookout. And when we have all those, that preparation and these tools in our lives, it equates to having a great life with God. Not that the God's uh, life, the journey is going to be easy, but it, it is, it, it is going to be that. So today, we're talking about man versus grill, all right? Man versus grill. And um, you have to have some equipment and on hand when you um, are battling the grill. Um, and today, if you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to go ahead and open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Um, we're going to be looking from at verses 10 through 18. Um, if you don't have a Bible, if you've got the Bible app, you can pull it up on there, or you can look on the screen, and we'll have the scripture there as well. And, um, and, and I'm going to give you a little background on the, the, the book of Ephesians here. The, the book of Ephesians is a letter that, that Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. And in the church, while he's writing this, he's kind of in prison. He's not going through the great time in life or anything like that. But the whole, the chapter leading up to this, it's really interesting to me that he's talking about relationships. So Paul is writing to the, in the chapter five, and then even in the first nine verses of chapter six, he's talking about relationships and how husband and wives are to interact with each other. And, and, and then how children and parents are supposed to interact with each other. And then if you go on into the Bible, it talks about masters and servants, how they're supposed to interact with each other. And that equates to us as if you're a boss, how you're to interact with your own employees. 
And if you're under someone and you're a subordinate to somebody else in your job, how you're supposed to react and respond to those, those people above you and respect them. God, he lays that all out in these letters before. And then he does this nice big twist. He talks, starts talking about warfare and being equipped with the full armor of God. So it, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem fitting. I mean, he's got this whole, the whole book of Ephesians is talking really about peace and, and then how we're to interact. And then all of a sudden he slams us with this war at the end and how we prepare for warfare. But you see, the war we're facing sometimes happens as a result of those relationships. When we don't have, the enemy will use those relationships against us. And, and if we're not properly equipped and we don't have the full armor of God on, then we'll be defeated in battle. And it'll tear apart those relationships that weren't supposed to there because the battle really isn't amongst those people that we're supposed to love and respect and, and, and have a relationship with. It's much different than that. And we're gonna read that right now. In Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse 10, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, again, he stresses this very, it's important for us to put on the full, underline full, if you have that there, and it's in your notes too, underline that word. Underline the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything you to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can use to extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Paul's telling us to be prepared, to get ourselves ready for battle. You know, there's some key elements to, to, um, that we have to take on when we're getting ready for the battle of life or the battle at the grill. See, there's some things that we need to know. There's some equipment that we need to have that, in order to be successful with the battle of the grill. Because, see, sometimes the attacks, like he said in the scripture, the, 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 in verse 12, that our battle is not a, that against flesh, but against the dark forces of this world, about, against the things that are unseen. And sometimes that enemy tries to use the flesh, other people, against us to, to win or to use as a weapon against us. But, but the reality is, is our battle is against things that are unseen. So it's important in life's cookouts or in life's battles that we have the proper equipment and to be prepared for the unknowns. You know, you just never know how it's going to be on a windy day when you're at the grill. It can totally mess up your cooking temperatures. It messes everything up, right? There's some unknowns. There's some things that blow into our life, like the wind, that can throw us off track and throw us off course with our relationship with God and the way that God wants us to live. There's, there's these wonderful things. If you have a gas grill like I do, and I made the mistake once, you never light a gas grill with the lid closed. Because when you open it up, it, you send some arm hair. 
the gas vapors ignite around you. There's, a, there's this invisible gas that's there. It will blow up in your face. Um, they've got these vapors that are around us. You know, on the grill, as you're cooking, every grill is different. No grill is the same. It may be designed the same, but they all respond differently. They all have different hot spots. And you have to know where those hot spots are on the grill because it can affect your cooking time. It can affect your, the way that you are. And in, in, in life, we hit these hot spots or these flare-ups that, that happen when, when the grease hits the, as that, oh man, I'm hungry. But as the burger is melting that fat and it's hitting those flames and it flares up, and you have to be careful of that flare-up, but we get these flare-ups in our life that try to take us down. And then there's always this that happens at a cookout. Never fails. You get that wonderful, unexpected guest. They don't bring anything to add to the cookout, but sure, they want to take all the food, don't they? I mean, they, sometimes they bring their own plate because their plate's much larger than the ones you're offering to everybody else. But, you know, you got this unexpected guest. And in our lives, we get these unexpected guests, these unexpected things that happen in our lives that, that arrive. And if we're not properly equipped to handle the situations, if we don't have the right equipment, then we're going to lose the battle. So it's important for us to understand this and know exactly what those pieces of equipment are. But before I get to that, I want to encourage you this. If you haven't already done this, and this is for you online as well, fill out your connection card. Because at the end of the month, this grill could be yours. All right? With the cooking equipment in there, we're going to make sure you're properly cooked for a cookout. And online, there's a tab there at the top of the screen. All you do is hit that button and fill out that connection card. And we're going to do a drawing at the end of the month. And you don't want to miss out on that. And every time you come every week, it just adds your name to the drawing. So if you come every week, then you have a greater chance of winning. So plus I'll know if you've been here or not. I'm kidding. I won't track that. So, back to the tools of the trade, the, the tools that were needed for when, we, when we were at the, the cookout. The, the first tool that we need to equip ourselves with is, is the belt, is the belt of truth. You see, the belt of truth is put around our waist, and it's used for a couple of different reasons. It helps us to, it's a place where we put our sword, the equipment that we need for the, the cookout. It's the belt of truth isn't the truth of God's word, but yet it's a truth that we put around our waist to, to establish that we're loyal to God, that we're faithfully going to serve him. It's a believing in that truth that we are. You know, Roman soldiers in the, in, the, in the time that this was written and Paul was writing this, they used to wear tunics. And they wore these long tunics and, and they, they were free-flowing, kind of like gowns and stuff that they would, you know, if you go into battle with that and you could trip and get tangled up in that. So they would put on these belts and they would gird it up real tight so that the fabric was stuck to them so they could go into battle and face battle like they needed to. And, and, and they, were, they were equipped with this belt. And so we call that the belt of truth to show our loyalty that we're going we're gonna to do our best to, to take down this battle that we're going to be facing. We wear this as believers in Christ, believing the truth of faithfulness and the loyalty to our Father who created us. And we'll even hang our sword on this eventually. The, the next piece of equipment that it's needed, hey, you get this as well. It's nice, isn't it? You need the breastplate of righteousness. You need the breastplate of righteousness. 
Now, the breastplate of righteousness is now we're not, this isn't talking about the righteousness that, uh, of, of God that we're perfect. No, this is a breastplate of righteousness that we're going to live our lives to try to strive to be holy before God. It's that righteousness, that covering that we have of living, trying to live a holy life, being in relationship with God. As we, as we do that, it protects our heart. It protects our chest from, from being impounded or impaled by the enemy's swords or spears or, or arrows. It's that breastplate of righteousness. It's, it helps prevent that grease that's popping up off the, the burgers and the steaks from getting on our clothing. It's protecting our front. It's keeping us clean. It's keeping us pure. I love what um, William Barclay, theologian, says this. When a man is clothed in righteousness, he is impregnable. Words are no defense against the accusations, but good life is. It keeps our pure heart just like the apron keeps us clean as we're cooking. It keeps our pure heart. You see, we're going to face battles. If, if you're here and today and you believe that this Christian life is supposed to be a cakewalk and it's supposed to be peaceful and no battles are going to be that, you're wrong. I'm going to bust that myth in your mind right now today. We are going to have battles. We're going to have tough times. You know, you, you are going to be falsely accused of things. People are going to say lies about you. They're going to spit out verbs and things that are wrong and, about you, and they're going to be thrown at you, and they're going to hurt, and you'll get battles, scars, and wounds. But if you wear that breastplate of righteousness, they can't penetrate deep enough to hurt. You know, a bulletproof vest stops a bullet from penetrating to the skin but it still stings or bruises and has those things. When you wear the breastplate of righteousness, you're protected from those things penetrating the skin and the soul and the heart of, your, of you. And it's important that we have that breastplate of righteousness, that apron at the grill to protect us from those things coming at us, trying to make us unclean and feeling unworthy. The other piece is, is we all have to have very comfortable shoes. You have to have the shoes of the gospel of peace. Now, this isn't the gospel of God's word, but the gospel is God the word, is God, is Jesus. You see, that's the footing. Every soldier there may have the proper footwear to be able to march long distances. Talk to anybody that serves in the military now, and they tell you how important their boots are, that they're comfortable because you walk distance mile after mile sometimes or you have to run and they need to be tight and they from causing harm they have to be comfortable you have to be strong and secure in your footing well this footing of the gospel of peace is that footing in Jesus Christ and having those that that footing on the foundation of Jesus Christ you know at the grill you have those flare-ups you need to back away quickly and with the improper footwear you could call yourself a lot of harm. Flip-flops are not a good thing to have on your feet when you're trying to get away from a flare-up. Just not. You trip over them or, you know, having the proper footwear to keep, to be able to be mobile, to be comfortable, to be able to go from side to side. You know, it's a marathon. You know, you got to have that proper, the proper footwear. And my friends over here, they do a lot of smoking of meat. Brisket and barbecue, some of my favorite things. I'm throwing some hints out at you. So, yes, I'm hungry, and they make great barbecue. Um, anyway, that's, not, that's a marathon in cooking right there. 
That's not going and throwing a burger on and in 15 minutes you have a meal. This is hours of standing around and making sure that, that meat's properly cooked and it's perfectly te oh, tender. And, 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 and you're all going to be hungry when we leave here. And there's a reason for that. But, um, you know, it's, it's tender, but it takes a long time in preparing. You have to have the proper footwear to be comfortable, to be able to stand and be able to endure that for the hours that it takes to do that. It's a marathon. You see, our life with God is not that of something that's quick and, and fast and we're done and we've arrived. It's a marathon. It's a long battle of good versus evil. We have to have those, those, the, the right footing in our, there. It says this. He says, it says this in Isaiah 52, 7. How delightful it is to see approaching over the mountains the feet of a messenger who announces peace. A messenger who brings good news who announces deliverance, who says to Zion, your God reigns. That messenger is Jesus Christ. That messenger is Jesus Christ who brings that peace, who is, should be the foundation that we stand on, the footing, the peaceful footing that's there under our feet for us to have. It's important to have that. The, the next piece of equipment that's so important for us to have is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. It's what we use to fight off the hot coals or the heat coming from the grill or to put out those flare-ups as they, as, they, as they try to capture as you close the grill top to bring down the flames a little bit because things are cooking too hot. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's what we use, our faith, knowing that God is there for us. We put our trust in our faith in God protecting us that will help protect us from those arrows being shot at us. The Roman soldiers would have this big giant wooden shield covered in leather that was wet so that as the flaming arrows hit it, they would depend, if they would either potentially bounce off or if they hit the shield and they stuck in the shield, that the, the wet leather would put out the flame. We have the shield of faith to put out the flames of those arrows that are being shot at us. It's important for us to have that faith in God because it's that faith that sustains us, that protects us. It's our defense. It's our defense piece of equipment to protect us. It's important that we have that. But then it comes this. Oh, my favorite piece of equipment. The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. I look good, don't I? I'm ready to go cooking. The helmet of salvation. It's equally as important to all the other pieces of equipment. Not one piece is more important than the other, but the helmet of salvation is needed. You see, when a soldier goes out to battle, he needs that helmet to protect him from, from attack from above, things that may fall on their head, to, the, those, those things to, to try to protect the mind. You see, when we have the, 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 the helmet of salvation, it's that hope of salvation brings, that that covering of the salvation through the, through the blood of Jesus Christ is poured over us, that our mind is protected and we're going to have that eternal life with him, that we have this helmet of salvation. You know, when we're out at the grill, putting a hat on, it helps protect our heads from the sun. Some of us need more protection than others. But it's protection, Nonetheless, to protect us from that, the hat, the brim here, I'll tell you what, it's protecting my family members from my sweat dropping on their burger because I know where it's going and I, I make sure mine stays nice and pure. But you know, it's that, it, it's that protection, it's that covering of the, of, the, of the blood of Jesus Christ in our life. 
It provides us with a confidence. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you have that salvation, that hope in your life, it's giving you a, it gives you a sense of confidence that, you know what, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to take on this, this uh, whatever is coming my way. It's the symbol of hope that we have placed in our salvation with God, that helmet of salvation. And then, as that squire or whatever would put that so- the helmet on that soldier, and they would put that shield in the hand of the, there, he'd be handed a sword. Oh, this is a great sword. This flips two burgers at once. It's the sword of the Spirit of God. The sword of the Spirit of God. Now, the sword of the Spirit of God is, is God's Word. The sword of the Spirit of God. It's important that we have this in our lives. It's important that we, 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 we read His Word because it's His sword. It's our offensive weapon. We had our shield of faith, which was our defensive weapon, and then yet we can wield out our offensive weapon by using our sword. The, 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 this is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which was divinely given through the Spirit to man to write. And it's the Spirit of God. It says this, every good grill master never goes into battle without, without this equipment. No one goes, should go into battle with this world, of the, with, with the unseen things of this world, without having this piece of equipment. You see, it's something that we can use in our everyday lives. Dr. Willard Taylor puts it like this, and the Spirit, it is the Spirit who inspired the Word and who now interprets the Word to the believers. It's a Spirit that will interpret His Word to us as we read it. See, Jesus was a perfect example of using the Word, the Spirit, the, the, the sword of the Spirit. As he was out in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan himself to, to, to cave into these different things, he used the word, the spirit of the word, as a sword to defeat Satan. And he backed off. You know, John Wesley puts it like this, we are, we are to attack Satan as well as ourselves, shield in one hand and sword in the other. We're going to be, if we're going to be victorious over the dark forces of the world, we need both pieces of equipment. We need all the pieces of equipment. Hebrews 4.12 says this, The word of God is quick and powerful and is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's important that we have this. You know, we focused on this this last month in memorizing Scripture. Is putting God first by memorizing Scripture and putting it into our hearts so that in those days and those troubles that's in that filing cabinet when we're under attack that we can use that, those Scriptures to, to, to put out the enemy. It's not there to say maybe that you're trying to use this to battle with another person, but you're battling with something that's unseen. A lot of times that happens in your mind. So a lot of times that stuff's happening that, that there, and you need to have that scripture to back yourself up on so that you don't get defeated in your own self, in your own mind. It's important to do that. It's important to have the word of God in there. You know, it, it, this week was that week for me. It was a battle. To put this sermon together was a battle because I was trying to figure out how am I going to tie it in with this crazy idea that I came up with with, with cookout. And, I, and, and then getting over myself looking like this on stage with all this equipment. 
I know I look good, but it's just weird. <laughs> but you know, it, it was a battle. And even up to Thursday night, I was struggling with this message. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. This is, this is ridiculous, Lord. I don't know what to do. And then I was reminded that I'm doing a message on putting on the full armor of God. And I realized I'm missing a piece of my armor. I wasn't putting my hope in God and my salvation to be able to deliver this message. And I needed to pick up my piece of equipment and put it back on. And so I spent time fasting and praying and reading God's word. And I woke up on yesterday morning feeling victorious and not defeated any longer because I knew God was in, the, was in control. This is God's message. This isn't Jason's message. This is God's message about he wants us to put on his armor. When he's saying the full armor of God, we're not saying like some standard issue piece of equipment that comes, that comes handed to us. It's not going to Lowe's and buying an apron or, and building your own tool belt for a grill. It's the armor of God. It's God's armor. It's his, his personal armor that he's placing over you. He's placing over all of us that believe in him. And it's important that we don this equipment so that we can be victorious in the battle. There's some key things that we need to know about this armor of God. You need the entire armor of God. I had you underline that, that phrase. Paul mentions it twice in this passage of scripture. He says, put on the full armor of God. He doesn't say just don your sword, put on your helmet, and go to battle. He says put on the full armor of God. One missing piece of equipment can kill you. Having one piece of missing equipment can kill you spiritually. It can kill you physically. You see, having a piece of missing equipment leaves that part of your body exposed to the enemy. It reveals a weak spot. You know, when an enemy attacks a defensive position or attacks a person, they never attack at the strong point. They always look for the weakest point to enter in and try to take, you, take position there. They're looking for the weak point, the weak spot. You see, if we have that piece of missing equipment, then we've opened ourselves to a weak spot. Just like this week with the doubt and stuff that I tried to, they tried to creep in with preparing for this message, that I had a weak spot. I was exposed. You see, the key is too about this armor is that individually, each one of these parts is weak without the other. You see, while the shield operates as a defensive piece of equipment, at the same time, the sword is operating as an offensive piece of equipment. The, the feet have to be moving when you're, when you're positioning yourself to tackle the grill or when you're take, attacking a person against you, the enemy who's trying to take you down. I mean, when you've got hot spots flaring up at all over these different places and you're, you're cooking all kinds of, you know, maybe chicken over here and Burgers over here and hot dogs here and hot dogs are cooking a lot faster and you got to move them and position them. You've got to be able to move and it takes a spatula. It takes, it takes footwork. You know, you're doing the cha-cha grill dance. You know, you've all done it and that's why you need that proper cooking equipment, those, that proper attire, that footing there because you're dancing around trying to get things done properly and everything there. These things are coming at you. 
but they all work together. They're all working together. You see, the full armor of God protects us spiritually and physically. Again, in verse 12, it says, for our struggles are not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. You see, sometimes the battle is taking place in our mind, and it's, whether to, it's up to us whether we act on the temptations that come our way or we don't. See, those attacks come, those, those missiles and stuff that, that, that come our way are temptations that maybe are an area that we struggle with. And the enemy's trying to see, are you weak in that struggle? Are you weak in there, in that area? But if you've got the full armor of God and you're putting your trust and your faith in him that he's gonna deliver you from that struggle, and over time he will, that then our trust is put in him and we've, we've been victorious. We have the right equipment on. How do we go about, though, getting this equipment? How do we get our God-issued armor? You know, we have to pray. We have to pray continually without ceasing. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says pray continually. The continual prayer keeps the lines of communication between, between our Father and us. And when we're in that relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, and those lines of communication are open and we're there talking with him, that it's then that this partnership begins. When you're in relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, you've been issued your full armor of God. You see, by being in a relationship with the Father through the Son, Jesus, you are then issued your full armor of God. Hebrews 13, 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who by the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead the great shepherd of the, of the sheep, our Lord Jesus, equip you, see, our Lord Jesus equips you with every good thing to do his will. All this equipment is there for us to be able to fulfill his will in our lives, his purpose in our lives, to be successful and to be prepared in this life. Yes, we're gonna face battles, and yes, we're gonna have hurts and pains, but when you have the right equipment on, those pains aren't near as devastating as they would be without it. You see, because when you're equipped with this, that every good thing to do his will, working in us what is pleasing before him through Jesus Christ. To him be all the glory forever. Amen. When we are in his will and we're covered in his full armor, of the full armor of God, and we're, we're living this out, and we've got, the, we've got that belt of truth tight and tight around our waist, and we've put that breastplate of righteousness on, saying that, no, we're not righteous, but we're going to live our life the best that we can and become more and more righteous to God as we, we surrender to him more of our life each and every day. That when we, we, we put that breastplate of righteousness on, and then we put that, our proper footing on the gospel of peace, which is Jesus Christ, and the hope that comes with salvation from the, from the, the helmet of, of, of salvation that comes, it's over, 
covering us and put our faith in, G- in God protecting us and always being there. Even though when it seems like the battle is being lost, we still believe and put our faith and trust in God that he is there with us, protecting us, that we put up our shield. That's our faith. And that, that the enemy will not defeat us. Because we need God, and God knows that we need him, and he needs us, and he's going to protect us, and that's the faith we put up as our shield. And that way then when the enemy tries to come, come at us, that we can put our, in our minds the proper scriptures to defeat that which is being put into our heads to try to say, produce doubt or to tear us down or break us apart. And that comes through the Bible and the sword of the Spirit by putting his word in our minds, in our hearts, the band's going to come out and, and, and in just a moment, and, and they're going to they're gonna sing a song, a song that I picked for this closing because I think it's so true. No matter where we're at in life, no matter what you're facing today, that we all need to prepared, we all need to have preparation work done. And we all need to be crying out that we need God. Because with God, he provides us those tools and equipment to be able to be successful in battle, to be successful in the battle of man versus grill and man versus the world. You see, sometimes we're missing a piece of equipment. Maybe our faith has dropped a little bit in God. Maybe my foundation has been shaken a little bit and my faith has been shaken a little bit and it's allowed my footing to come off the gospel of peace a little bit. Maybe I've dropped my sword and I haven't been picking it up and, and sharpening that blade to, to do the battle that it needs to do. Maybe I forget the hope that comes with that of salvation. Maybe my life isn't reflecting that of God's will for my life, but what the world would have. And so my heart has been exposed I don't know what it is, maybe a piece you might be missing today. I know I had to evaluate some things in my life this week and, and even those things of doubt. And I had to, what I had to do is you had to pick it back up. Pick it back up. And put on that equipment again. Pick up that sword. Start reading it, sharpening it. Because it's going to be needed for battle. Pick up your shield of faith and put your faith and trust in God and put that belt on of showing that you're going to have that loyalty to God no matter what the circumstances, that you're going to live a faithful life so that when that faith comes that you need it, it's there to protect you. To live your life in a way that is seen as holy before God. To strive for that. Which gives you that righteousness to protect your heart. Step back onto the firm foundation, the rock of Jesus Christ as your foundation and have that, that gospel, those gospel shoes of peace, that footing of peace under you. Have that there. Let's start swinging our sword and taking back the ground that the enemy is trying to take in our own lives. The enemy is trying to take us down. You see, the enemy knows the scriptures. Doesn't use them, but he knows them. He knows that the battle is coming. And he knows the outcome of the battle. He's read the end. He knows. But what his, his goal is, is just like he was in the book of Job, he wanted to try to go and laugh in the face of God saying, ha, 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 I've taken one more with me. 
Let's not, not, let's not let him be victorious. Let's let God be the victor today. And let's all put on our full armor of God today and walk out of here as prepared as we can be by putting on that full armor of God. Let's stand in this worship this morning. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find.